Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back, guys. It's time for Sidebar Josen. I'm Bree. This is Duffy. And we are here to talk to you today about gentrification. Hooray, not so hooray. In fact, boo. Boo, gentrification. Boo, go home. <laughs> How about that? But for real though, uh, I think that this is uh, one of those topics that you can go on and on about, but we'll probably just be hitting a, a few a few quick beats on it and just our opinions on what's happening currently in the city of New Orleans and elsewhere because um, there's been some interesting things that have been popping up lately. But um, why don't we go ahead and get into it? So sit back, relax, grab a very large container of water. Make sure you are drinking all the water that you need in the day. Just, you know, for your skin and your innards and all that. And let's get into it. We chosen. We chosen, y'all. Okay, you guys. Let's get this show started. Um, How are you doing today, Dove? I'm fine. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> you sound so unenthused. You sound unenthused in our intro. Is everything okay? You want to tell us? You want to, what's going on? What's happening? Sure. I took a nap. Oh. <laughs> is that is that the reason? Yeah. So my my energy is a little low. It'll pick up that's, in a moment. That's really funny how naps are so... Like, I don't know what the purpose of a nap is because... It's supposed to be refreshing, but I'm tired. I never feel refreshed after a nap. I always wake up disgruntled and more tired. I feel like I need it so much. Right. It's disgusting. Uh, I should definitely just cut out naps. Like, there's no... Instead of taking naps, go to bed at a reasonable hour. I'll do that. That's my new mission. But, um... I cannot... Yeah, no, I'm 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 feeling kind of chill today too. No more, nothing else going on, really. <laughs> no, really, like there's uh, there's nothing. I've you know we've we've both accepted our uh, practticum sites. We have. I'm very excited about mine. We both How got our top choices. Yours? Oh, yeah, we both we both placed at where we wanted to be placed. Mm-hmm. Which is very exciting because it just, you know, it makes you excited about the internship process, you know, a little bit. At least for me. Because it's it's one step closer. Mm-hmm. And also, just, you know, like the whole matching process. I know it's going to be stressful, but who knows? You might get your top choice. I mean... You might. And then the thing about matching is that hopefully the pool is large enough for us. Mm-hmm. Let that be a it, blessing that we hope will come to us. It that will. Our program will be AP accredited and we'll have a large pool to choose from. And then it'll be more like a list of top choices rather than, you know, like one's our top and the other one's like, mm-hmm. not, I don't really want to go, but I'll go. But hopefully it'll be like a pool of these are my top choices. Yeah, no, I'm claiming it will. I mean, our folks sound buku confident about it. It's happening. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So I'm. I'm excited for that. I'm. I'm ready. I'm making my list as if it's happening, and I'm putting it out there. Oh yeah, no, it's it's happening. I'm. I'm. One thing that I've definitely started to really walk in is it like walk in faith and expectation, mm-hmm. and I know what God has for me is is mine. 
nobody can take that away. And so if my heart's desire so far has been that I will go to a site that not only is fulfilling in a professional standpoint, but will also make me happy, I know God's looking out. And I mean, girl, I don't, I don't, I can't see how I, how I've ever, I I think I've always walked by faith. This is a little sidebar, but I think I've always walked by faith, but my faith was like touch and go. Like if something bad would happen, I'd be like, why is this happening to me? Why did this bad thing happen and whatnot? You know, like I thought I was doing everything like I was supposed to Mm -hmm. until I realized that, um, closed doors are sometimes the best blessings that you can ever ever have and that if Mm -hmm. you walk in expectation like really believe that what's your what you want in life like what you desire can happen and sometimes it may happen in a different way but it can still manifest in in the way in which it's supposed to according to god's will for you yeah you're good to go and ever since i really changed my mindset and started you know believing and receiving everything has been looking pretty Splendid. So, um, let me step on down from the pulpit real quick, um, because I just had to minister over you guys. <laughs> just, Thank you. but, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's it's life changing when you 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 walk it like you talk it. So, but anyway, gentrification. Whoo! Where do we start? Oh my God! <laughs> Where do we start? Because I think do we start right here in New Orleans or what? We're starting here because I mean we're living it right now. Yeah. Like while we're talking about jobs and and futures and stuff. Yeah, I can just say that all of the one of the things that I have like this is going to be a real test test of my faith, and hopefully I will have a testimony <laughs> after because one of the reasons that I wanted to level up as far as my career was to be able to have the kind of job that would afford me you know like the kind of living environment that I want like I want to I want to live uptown uptown mm-hmm. born and raised twelve four girl. And uptown born and raised yeah. girl, right here where we stand mm-hmm. and, and we just right now just last week in this neighborhood we were just talking about these young white people walking by and we were like what are they doing in this neighborhood girl where there was are they going there was a, i swore i saw a two-lane bus pass like one of their little shuttles or whatever like that and they, they must have dropped have shuttle, them off actually. yep they do have a shuttle, so yeah. they got dropped off in the middle of the the hood they're like like, drop us off here why but anyway but like so yeah no i want to i wanted to have a job that would allow me to live in a home uptown and i knew that the uptown houses you know depending on where you are can be more expensive or you know just depending on where you are in the city because one thing i've always found about new orleans is that we do have like um like the richer neighborhoods and then you have like the lower socioeconomic neighborhoods but they're like the way that they're placed in a city mm-hmm. you could be like one, on one street you like where um drew Brees and them live. would live and then you go one street over and you back in a, like in the projects basically like it's just it's so intertwined and twisted in there that there's no there's no set boundaries yeah there, like the boundaries, boundaries are weird but you, you have to know them yeah so like it's not mapped out in any way shape or form and so one thing that i've realized in the past few years as i've you know looked at the housing prices is that even as a psychologist um i'm gonna have to be raking in some serious dough 
to afford a house in my own neighborhood where I grew up, yo. Like, it is... I think we I mentioned this one time on the show, how around the corner from my grandmother's house, there were two homes that um, were uh, brand new. Just They just built them. And one cost 870000 And I'll say the other one was maybe about 840 or 850 And the only real difference between them was that one had a butler's pantry mm-hmm. and the other one didn't. But that... that upped it you know like a, a 30k so yeah that was that was the difference between the houses pantry? was the butler's pantry that's what made Once one again, the looks on my face girl that the, that the listeners cannot see <laughs> but i was just like yo how did i go into this thinking that i was gonna be you know riding around like a fat cat <laughs> just being able to make enough money to you know solo dolo this if i have to and i can't even afford a house around the corner from my grandma and them. Like, it's just... It's what? Like, Who is pe- buying these houses? These people are going to look at our credit. It, well... My credit is good. <laughs> well, it's... It, I, I'm, I'm glad for you. But I'm just like, with, with the amount of student loans that I have... Same, same. They're just going to be like, ma'am, I'm going to need you to... Yeah. Lower your dreams. <laughs> yeah, no, that is something that we we'll have to, to do consider. That, yeah, no, and you shouldn't down payment you shouldn't that's it's gonna be off the chain oh yeah for real <laughs> no for real so then we began stripping as a side hustle girl we won't, we won't we won't i don't know what we're gonna do but we'll figure it out could we, you we imagine have, though, we have ideas sidebar if you were a stripper and a psychologist and the one day that you decide to go into work on uh at what's, what's the little club where they have the little circle thing you can spin it live be live okay <laughs> and imagine one day that's the day that your client walks in girl it's the day that you decide to go in and try and make an extra like and that thousand would be, bucks that would be the reason why i wear a mask to work <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh half stripper half therapist <laughs> Doctor body, doctor body. <laughs> but um, I would just yeah. make sure that my clientele is totally different from who you, I'm going to see at the show. You got to work on St. Charles and then go to work on <laughs> on something. To like I would have to have like a serious specialty of some sort. We are totally off topic. Now. Definitely. Right. <laughs> but, but anyway. I think what's important to kind of really start is looking, I guess, into a little bit of the history of gentrification in the city. Mm-hmm. Because I think one one point in time that we can all mark as the point in which we started to notice a shift was mm-hmm. after Katrina. Right. And for, it's, for us. For us. And so it's not that gentrification was not necessarily happening before Katrina, it was just at such a low rate, you know, like the pretty much, you know, it'd be maybe a family here or there. Like the there was nothing to really change the whole demographic of a particular area. But once Katrina came, Katrina changed everything. So what what was it about Katrina that caused this shift? It was the the damage to certain areas yeah. in the city it was a property damage it was people basically being you know left with no option other than to leave a lot of people did not own their homes 
Right. Um, large rental community. Large, yeah. yeah, large swaths of different parts in the city of people who who rented. Um, the the damage left some homes just at the point of just they had to be leveled. You know, like there, there's just I mean the blight was terrible, and so a lot of people settled in different communities because they had no options to return or had no desire to return. Mm-hmm. It left it wide open for um, property developers to come on in because of like the, you know, who's going to want to live here? The prices are lower. We can just buy up all of this, you know, damaged property. And I'm, and I'm basically, I'm giving a very simple kind of breakdown of this it's it's there's a lot more it's, it's intricate yeah yeah a lot more that goes into it but all in all um katrina left a, a wide open opportunity for construction folks and developers to come in and buy up this land these uh homes and things redevelop them flip them and you know make a profit and I guess the question kind of remains, like, why would developers want to? Because with the level of de- of devastation, I don't know if you, like, you came home after Katrina, like, not that long after Katrina. We came home. Like, in 2005 or in 2006? We, I'm trying to think. So, because we stayed in Alabama about nine months, but we, the first time I came home had to have been maybe about, no, we almost stayed. Yeah, I would say we almost stayed there actually a year, not like yeah, about a year. But we came home a couple of months after, say maybe like I think around Thanksgiving. Uh huh. So um, yeah, no, we definitely got to see a first glimpse of how wrecked you know everything was after after Katrina, and it's just. Yeah, no, I mean, um, it was an opportunity, and I don't think at the time that the people were thinking, oh, well, we're going to... I mean, maybe there was consideration of, you know, New Orleans is a city that is rich with culture exactly. and all of these sorts of things. And, I mean, well, maybe they did. That Not because, only was it lower prices, but also, like... Because it could be lower prices in the middle of Ohio somewhere where nobody would desire to live. So it's right. like an, am- an amalgamation of a couple because of things. Because if you think about what's happening in like Detroit, their their development is extremely slow. But like here in New Orleans, like what I was saying was like I came back, I don't I don't remember whether it was two thousand five or whether it was two thousand six. But we came back to like um, get stuff or come came to visit mm-hmm. because I think my grandmother had moved back here like immediately mm-hmm. and it was like a desert. Like, it was, there was no, like, it seemed like nobody was here. Right. Like, it was really destitute. Um, a lot of places, you know, didn't have, like, lights and stuff yet. Um, it, it was real quiet. It was real eerie. It had, like, a really eerie kind of feel. It was like walking through, like, a dead town. It was strange. Yeah, heartbreaking. And it was. And so, and then it had, like, this smell to it. But... You know, I, the question was, you know, what made developers want to be here in that sort of state? And so, as you were saying, there's been other towns that have needed to be redeveloped to that extent. Mm-hmm. Like I was mentioning Detroit. And what draws people here is obviously the culture. And it's not just the, the culture that, you know, us people of color bring. But the French Quarter kind of went unscathed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you think about the tourist industry and the amount of money like that brings in yearly, of course, developers would want to come and invest their money here. 
because right. it, it was it was gonna New Orleans was gonna come back eventually. It's not it's not like the city government just kind of like left it to to out to dry or like mm-hmm. you know there weren't plenty own homeowners still here. It's not like there weren't people still invested in the French Quarter. So there was a lot of draw here to come and invest here. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it just turned out to be a situation where you know, people were kind of like monopolizing on this devastation and the people who had lived here for, you know, centuries and, you know, with generational, who whose generations had been here, family has had been here for generations, they couldn't really, you know, gather the capital to reinvest in their communities. Right. And so, I mean, this is definitely one of those, gentrification is, is you know, plain and simple. Um a rich versus poor thing and also most of the time the poor typically are people of color and so it's it's layered and so in our case where you have communities that are basically wiped out that were populated by mostly a low ses african-american individuals um yeah it was it was it was prime real estate for the folks once they got uh, once they left, cause, or not even left. I don't even want to say left. Katrina, some people left, some people lost their lives. Like it just, Katrina was devastating. And I mean, I mean, our family didn't come back until 2008, 2008 or yeah, 2008. Mm-hmm. That's a minute. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot. And I mean, like it was. It took it took a lot to kind of get us back on our feet, but New Orleans, of course, like you said, we're a very resilient city, and we came back. But um, one of the things about gentrification was that um, it kind of started with there was a need in the city, and a lot of people kind of came down to help, mm-hmm. and a lot of people stayed. And so you have that wave of gentrification. Right. And then you have now the kind of gentrification that um, you see in other cities where maybe it wasn't necessarily um, preempted by a natural disaster, like in our case. But now you're seeing like a wave of people who are just interested in being in a city because they want to be a part of the culture and everything that makes up New Orleans and stuff. And not that the other people who came in that first wave of folks who were trying to help rebuild the city weren't also interested in that. But I think that their intentions may have been um, different or there there was another motivating factor that brought them here and they just stayed here. And then you also have to like account to account for the the job market. Yes. Um, There are a lot of jobs here after Katrina that weren't really readily available prior. If you think about like people moving in the different industries, if you think about the tourism industry, that's always been, mm-hmm. you know, a, a low income kind of population who kind of corners that market. Who most fills of those, those jobs. Yeah, most of those people are from New Orleans. Most of those people are like, you know, African American. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, the the health sector mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who were here and employed in the health sector health sector mm-hmm. moved and left mm-hmm. and I think a great number of them did not come back and so you have like this open 
open job, these open jobs that need to be filled. Right. And people who are like, where would, if there's a place that I would like to go to get my training or to start my, my, my life or to build a family, New Orleans is like an attractive place. And then you have people who we can't forget about all of the teachers Mm-hmm. that were a part of New Orleans public schools that were totally removed from their positions mm-hmm. and then Teach for America and these sorts of organizations came in and opened up tons of jobs for right. people who are f- transplants from other places to come in and take those positions and they also need somewhere to live. Right. Um, in addition to people who were doing construction and all of these other different sorts of jobs who were coming here to, for the jobs that were open and who needed right. some place to live. On top of the people who are from here who wanted to come home. Right. And who eventually came home, like, trickling back. Which, shout out to the Latinx and Hispanic community, um, the... the the influx of individuals who came in and helped rebuild the, who helped rebuild the city and, and oftentimes are not given the credit that is due to them. That is true. Um, but yes, no, it was, it was a lot of different kinds of people. That's probably horrible to say. Huh? I say Bobby building. That's probably horrible to say, but Bobby building, Bob the builder. Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) But, but, um, but yeah, no, like, um, yeah, no, I think there's a, di- a lot of different kinds of people who came through. And um, now, like, I mean, this is this is a, this is a the past time me, have, me and my uncle have. Um, we go to open houses just to go see what mm-hmm. kinds of houses, like, uh, like wh- what are they doing to some of the houses and um, how much do they cost and things. Yeah. Like, it's just like a random pastime. And... Um, Sometimes we will mildly harass the um, realtor who is there hosting the open house to ask him why is this house so much and who are the people buying. <laughs> Ooh, I want to know some of the answers to those questions. So one, so I, so I recently went to one, and I, I'll never forget another one too. Um, so the uh, all right, first question: mm-hmm. Who's buying these houses? So at another um, open house that I'd gone to. That answer was people from New York, New Jersey, California, um, Austin, which that person compared to as like its own little version of like it's the a, a New Orleans within itself. And I was just like, no, negative. Sis. Goodbye. Yeah, you can no. Nah. I mean, Austin sounds like a real cool place, but um, it ain't here. You getting beside yourself just because they serve crawfish don't mean right and have their little quiet version of a Bourbon Street with that fucking seasoning on the outside of the crawfish. I can't take it. We're not doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, like she was saying that it's a lot of people from out of state who are coming into the city, and then the one I went to more recently was someone who said that it's a lot of people who are now interested in returning to the city Mm -hmm. but it's people who are um typically white um and way more affluent Mm -hmm. because these homes are anywhere between five like the thing the lowest i've seen is like five hundred thousand to upwards to a million easy yeah and i mean as you go as you start central and then move out right and so um one of the things i'm noticing too is that the construction of the homes like they'll they're turning doubles into singles. Yeah. And um, the layout of the home 
the like the square footage is 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 real small but they kind of swank it up with adding these new appliances and knocking down this wall to kind of expand on the uh the space in the back so now that it's a single rather than a double mm-hmm. you have enormous quote unquote enormous um kind of living space where mm. you have open kitchen and dining and living room floor plans like they're trying to or building a little yeah higher. yeah and building lifting the houses up like they're the construction on the houses like they they look nice but when you look at the like at the square footage and it is small it's small these are really small homes that they are trying to pass off for a like thousand square feet like oh 12, yeah this hundred square this feet. house is worth such and such so which brings me to my next question for the people was why do they cost so much uh-huh and they say it's just that's where the market is now there's a demand and if people are paying it then that's where the market then is. that's where it is and there, there are people yeah. who are paying for it those two homes yeah. i mentioned around the corner from my grandmother's house they weren't on the market for a couple of months before they were bought and they the people who live there with their um bmws and their audis with their little gate because that's another thing i noticed too is a lot of these little narrow ass homes they have off street parking and they have this high ass gate around their you know house or whatever because i'm just accustomed to new orleans being like people sitting on their porch yeah. and even if you have a gate your gate's low like yeah I, your gate don't it, go over gate, my waist the gate is not necessarily for people not to get in it's right like a, but these are gates like you can't like nobody they can't you can't walk up on their on their porch. Like I mean it's just it 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 not only are these houses some of them don't even look like they belong in the city but they also are like I think um really off in in as far as our culture of like just being open and everybody being friendly and hi we don't wall ourselves off from each other yeah. you know you know your neighbor you say hi I ain't never seen any people walk out the house ever I don't know who lives in there. I have no idea. I see their car. I know they got money. I don't know who they are. Not yeah. at all. And that's that I would say that is just that's the the worst thing about, you know, gentrification is just seeing the communities change mm-hmm. and it it I don't know. It makes me angry to to be honest because that so let's get into this really quick. And this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Are all gentrifiers bad people? No. Yeah, that's like the, it's, the everybody who comes here who gentrifies the city is not necessarily like some evil villain coming to take over the city. But the the thing is, unfortunately, is that regardless of if your intentions are good or not, you are still contributing to a problem that is pushing people of color out of their spaces. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes me sad. Because I know some people who aren't from here. And they're some of the dopest people I have ever met in my life. Like, I I swear on everything that I love. That these are really great people. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. But because of their, you know, the affluence that their jobs afford them. And it may not be like the... They're not making six figures and things like that. But they're making more than the average New Orleanian. Yeah. And that affords them to be able to pay the rents. To stay in some of these houses. And, you know, do some of these things. And... Uh, um, it's just, it just comes, it's par for the course. It just comes with the territory. And it makes me sad because it's like, well, I don't want y'all to leave. <laughs> you know, I like, I like y'all, but it's gentrification within itself. Like the whole process, like you can't even just pick out the individuals and things. It's yeah. just gentrification all overall. It just sucks. It, it, it sucks. And it, I mean, like 
one of the other things that we had to rein in on this with the city or rein in, I think it's the only thing. Uh, but there's been a couple of things that have happened as far as like gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um, more people of color, uh, more black people being shifted out to the east. That's one. Um, like all of a sudden, the city wants to add bike lanes when yeah. they've been had black people riding around on bikes since the beginning of whenever. But all of a sudden, now that we have uh, more folks moving in who ride their bikes to work and stuff like that, now we want to create bike lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was worried about them before. Um, there's uh, we had to rein in the people with the fucking Airbnbs. Yeah. Where people were uh, doing short-term rentals and just buying up a lot of the homes, yeah, a lot of a lot these of doubles, uh huh, and making it almost impossible for people to live within their neighborhoods. Yeah. Like, um, you look at, um, there's a developing place right now in, um, around, uh, what's it, where is it? Right around Xavier. Um, the 17th? But no, I'm trying to think of what Holly Grove. No, 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 not the not the neighborhood, but the cross street. Oh, you know what I'm talking, talking about? about? Right there on Jeff Davis. That one, the one that's on Jeff, Jeff Davis. Davis in what Louisiana? No, not Jeff Charlotte. Davis in Louis. I think it's Jeff Davis in Washington. Jeff Davis in Wash. I think it's on Washington. But that that big old yeah, apartment complex that they're about to build that's going to yeah. easily cost like two thousand or more or more two thousand or more. I'm tripping. That shit. If go look up the prices of how much it's going to cost to I go live in there. I did not look. I did not look. Let me look. It's 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 ridiculous. And then you think of where it's placed, and you think of like yeah, because that's in Gertown, and it's just kind of like who in the world who lives around this area? Nobody can even afford that. So imagine how much the rent is about to jump. Yeah, for people within proximity exactly, of that place because mm-hmm. Parkway Apartments they're looking forward to that area being the next to develop. Yeah, and it will be. So while we're talking about the next, let's talk about where the first, the first, the Nine Ward. Let's talk about how the Nine Ward then has been left. Let's talk about the how how there's a Starbucks down there. Oh, and the um. Oh, on um. Oh, I know my favorite place. Oh, okay. I, know, I know, I know. But <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. Place. It's not wrong to like Starbucks, but it's still like down there on um, Elysian Fields. Oh my gosh, I haven't even been to That's it. That's where it is. That's on, it's on Elysian Fields. I, I wouldn't know where it is. Oh, of course. But like, <laughs> I mean, like the, how um the Nine War, which once was a place where I don't think that I've ever seen, you know, at least a lower nine. You never really or hear anybody really talk about like yeah that's a place to be like you know like i want to be down there unless you're from there or whatever or you know you're just a native new orleanian and now they've kind of turned it into this little um artsy fartsy uh kind of it's a hippie kind of it's a hip like a hippie community hipster community hipster down and i mean it's it's really weird to to sometimes be down there and you'll just see like a gaggle of white folks walking around without absolute like no fear in their heart <laughs> being like the night water no longer strikes the fear of god being down there don't strike the fear of god in you no more you know like it, or whatever neighborhood because i mean look at ferret street yeah i don't even recognize ferret anymore like ferret looks the some of the shops and the restaurants and things down there mind you they look cute or whatever but it's just almost like yo like this definitely seems like um 
definitely seems like just it's all different now it's really different sorry uh if you, if there's an awkward pause or anything um duffy just got a package <laughs> the, we the just got a letter car. we just got oh is that from the ordinary it is because i recognize dc it is for me to um help with the discoloration in my bikini region because I would like to be ready for the summer. That's Especially good. for my birthday, which it's going to be my 30th. And we're going to be naked, naked. Well, yes, that is that is the plan. We won't be totally naked. We're going to be partially naked. But we will be in our Caribbean carnival costume glory. <laughs> How did we go off topic again? But... <laughs> Because this is what we do. Because of this, pa- this package. But, um, yeah, no, just thinking about different areas where, like, um, they just, just the the makeup of this, the city is, it's not even just the neighborhoods, but also just places where you were frequent on the regular. Yeah. It looks and, different. And, you know, I, I want to say that I always wanted to be the first one to you know, own a Starbucks up there on Claiborne Avenue, mm-hmm. right in the hood, mm-hmm. where, you know, the second line comes and passes, where the Zulu parade starts. Like, I always wanted to have that Starbucks there. You know, they, they, they've done it before I can. And so that just leads me to say, I just wish that there were more opportunities for the people who are from here to be a part of redeveloping their own communities. And it it speaks to an economic disparity. Oh, there's definitely an economic disparity because, I mean, you don't really even too much get a say of what gets dropped down in your neighborhood. I mean, like, you can complain about it, you can talk about certain things, but are they even listening to you because money talks? And, I mean, personally, I, I, I like a Starbucks drink here and there, too, but the thing about where it's placed, it's like, who in that neighborhood can afford a $7 coffee? Or, you know, like a, a $5 breakfast sandwich when you can get a whole meal from the gas station for $5. And, I, and that that's that was once true, but now you won't believe how many, like, white people actually live in that neighborhood. Oh, but, I mean, but that's who it's for. It was never, the, the Starbucks right there, you turn the corner, it's, that's not even, that neighbor. you know how I measure how, how, how gentrified a particular area is? How many people are jogging? Oh, (laughs) that's true. That has literally been, that has been my method of measurement is if you go in the neighborhood, count how many white folks are jogging or walking their dog. Yeah. And that's how you know that you have officially gentrified. Gentrification is not coming. It's over. It's game over. Your neighborhood has officially been gentrified. There is nothing you could, I hate to say that, but almost like I read that one time though in an article about gentrification is that once it starts, it is almost impossible to stop because in order to stop it, you have to, the people who are in these neighborhoods got to have the money to basically fight back. They've got to be able to buy the homes that you are now redeveloping. They've got to be able to afford the um, things in the the shops and the stores that you're building. We just don't have that, that one economic capability you know with our current whatever our current earnings are we just don't have it and then um you have to think about we don't have generational wealth to be able to do right like what's the median income of a new orleanian on average girl 
I don't know, but I want to say something like 40,000. Yeah, it's 40 and less. It's, I mean... I feel like I looked at those numbers not that long ago. I did too, and I wish I had it right off the off the dome, but it's 40,000 and less. And I mean, like you were mentioning before with the tourist community, that we are a big tourist city. Yeah, 36,000. Yeah, I know it's like somewhere around that. basically. That ain't shit. That's peanuts. And you met like can and you buy imagine? buy what? What am I gonna buy? Right, you just struggling to survive in most instances because your rent is twelve hundred. You you gotta think about your utilities, buying food and that's other me, necessities to live. Too. That wasn't even the average. Like, it's crazy to me how this city. I mean, like, who are going? Who's going to regulate it? Who's going to step in and really? Like, say, all right, enough. Point blank, period. We've got to do something about this because everything that y'all love about New Orleans, you're about to wipe out, basically. Right. Because all your second lines and stuff, or whatever, so, all like your culture and all this kind of stuff, you're pushing the people who put those things on out. Yeah. So, in part, it's like a, a program issue. You know, not having enough programs to assist people in economic development mm-hmm. you know where they don't necessarily have those resources mm-hmm. so people who don't really have as much financial literacy mm-hmm. and who haven't been able to save a lot of money helping them with some sort of like subsidy or something to actually be a first-time home buyer or first-time business owner or something like that there mm-hmm. are these programs out there right but then the other thing is education and knowledge that these things exist right like a lot of people don't know that these programs are out here and because there's not enough community outreach just you know saying we might know about this because we often go out and we just we run in circles where we would get this information yeah and when we have a question we literally i'm gonna google it you know what i'm saying real fast just like we did with the median income average Mm -hmm. income um, and then the second issue are predatory loans. This shit has been a serious issue in black communities mm-hmm. all where, over where people have actually, you know, stepped up to the plate and have owned, you know, their, their homes. I, I feel like that's part of the issue in terms of when, um, Hurricane Katrina devastated, you know, the floods devastated New Orleans was that people probably did own their homes, probably still were paying on mortgages that they took out a very very long time ago but were under these predatory loans that they couldn't um get past the interest on the home Mm -hmm. see this is funny again just that like literally as we are talking we are watching more white folks walk into areas that previously they would not have walked like (laughs) like right as we're talking about gentrification where are y'all going right (laughs) and then you know the third issue especially here is is for like Millennials like us, people mm-hmm. who are developing, a lot of us are a either moving out of here mm-hmm. and to you know to find our way up, um, which is very unfortunate because we it seems like we have to get out of here to actually you know come up in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, a lot of us are 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 illiterate and don't have the ability to really do what needs to be done economically to buy a lot of these properties i mean i wouldn't even say like necessarily like a like a literate but just just ill-informed like just don't have the knowledge because i mean there's plenty of people who can who can read but can you do you know what you need to read 
in order to get to where you're going. I would say it's twofold. I, yeah. I would say it's because our education A1 system is not doing what it's supposed to do a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm afraid. Like, I, I've been in the working in the education system a little bit, and I'm, I'm really scared for these kids. D is passing. You yeah. Can just go on, on to the next grade. Right. And so, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Not literate, We're going to have to but, talk about yeah. charter schools, too, one day. Like, that's going to yeah. be another Because um, there is. Um, there is definitely some mixed reviews on the effectiveness of the charter school system in New Orleans. And this has been like ground zero for for charter schools. I mean, I think at this point now, almost all of the Orleans Parish school system is, is charter. For the mm-hmm. most, like almost all of them are charter. And so um, I think that that's something, that's another topic that all of this, all of this plays into it. Like you have to look at all of these things as not just isolated, but how do they intersect in all over? Because in order to become affluent, unless you were born into money, mm-hmm. you have to pursue a certain type of career. You have to get mm-hmm. an education. You have to do all of these different things to be able to even get in the tax bracket to come back and afford a house in the city. So you, all of these things play into each other and they matter. And then you have to know what's available to you. And you have to know what's available to you. And I, I, I feel like our, our administration... Like, I would love to hear what our government is, like, our local government is doing about gentrification. Like, I need to really look into it and see what's what's happening. Because in the next 10 years or so, we think it's kind of, it's looking a little funny in the light right now. I can't even imagine what New Orleans is going to look like, like, a decade from now. I'm kind of afraid of what New Orleans is going to look like a decade from now. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a little afraid of what New Orleans is going to look at look like, but I'm really hoping again that the millennials do have some some sort of wherewithal. The ones of us who are still in grad school and trying to you know help ourselves before we help others, yeah, that we will then be in a position to help our broader community. Right, and I mean, listen to the folks like regardless of grad school or not and stuff like that because my whole theory at this point too has always been that i don't want to i don't i no longer believe in being the voice for the voiceless my whole thing is that the voice the quote-unquote voiceless have always had a voice they just haven't always had the platform to speak up and so this is how like this is like the whole theory my whole theory well not my theory but behind like with allyship like as a person with privilege because of my educational standing, yeah. how can I be an ally to my brothers and sisters who are within lower socioeconomic status, who may not have the same, you know, access to resources or you be able to use the same language as I can to navigate within these systems? Mm-hmm. So rather than me speaking up for them, they can speak loud and clear, probably even louder, because this is affecting them even more so than myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, make sure that we are keeping the community in the loop. Yeah. When we talk about how can we make New Orleans a better place for New Orleanians, and it's not that okay, well, we don't want anybody else to move here. Well, kind of low key, I don't want anybody else to move here. But like, if if you gonna move here, what you're not gonna do is change the entire makeup of our city, and then um, you know, kind of think that you're going to regulate and rule over the folks who've been here. Like, talking about, you know, with noise regulations and shit. Like, that's, that was happening on Frenchmen or whatever. Right. Frenchmen been loud. Get over it. Put in some earplugs. Figure out your life. Because, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it annoys me. It annoys me because I am very, I think I'm a little bit territorial. 
and I, I'm, would, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. When you have a place where your family has been for generations, there's nothing wrong with being territorial. This is our place. This is our home. Mm-hmm. This is our home for real. For real, for real. Like, people have sent those little letters and things to my grandmother's house asking if she wants to buy or whatever. I can't wait to be on the phone one day. I want somebody to call. I want I want somebody to stop by and ask if the house was sale. Girl, I will never forget because there's an Airbnb right across the street from hers. Mm-hmm. Her house right now, like toward like the back gate. Mm-hmm. And it was actually some black folks who were staying there that one time. And me, my uncle, and my aunt were coming out the house and they asked, hey, do y'all own this? Girl, my jaw, my jaw hit the fucking sidewalk. I was like, "Yeah, we do." You and know? then what? And then what? And that was it. But it was that was not, it. I, I was like, I like, "But wait, why?" I, and I, sh- oh my gosh! But wait, why? 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 But you know why I figured that they asked that? Why? It's because uh, New Orleans They're, is changing so much so yeah, that like looking at the neighborhood you? and they're looking at who probably like rented out to them and right. they're looking at who's jogging around and walking their dogs and they're like, oh. And can you black folks still own a house of this size over here? What? Y'all y'all still got property over here? Because thankfully on my block... There's still people who like, they and they own it. it down up there now. They own that shit one hundred percent, paid off in full, done. Yeah. And and those houses, I'm hoping, will stay within the families for generations to come. Like I refuse. I ref- if I have to be the only person, and thankfully I'm not, because my cousins and I, and um, my uncle, and my um, aunt, and my mom, like we're keeping that house. I ref- I refuse over my dead body. <laughs> we are not because it's a corner lot. It has its off-street parking. It has a side yard. Man, they got so many realtors salivating over that shit. They can't wait until some they can kind of prey on us or whatever to see, oh, yeah, I'm sure if we ship it to them for this or we give them this <laughs> or whatever, then they'll, we can flip the, the house has got to be at least a million mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. as far as worth. I think we looked it up and it's like a, at least a million or something and so imagine what they would try and sell it to us for or try buy it for yeah and then what the hell they would flip that into my aunt these people got got my aunt i feel bad but my aunt her house was near the um fairgrounds oh yeah she sold her house i think i think for um 180 thousand oh wow yeah and and she was what did they flip it for um, I think they sold it for four hundred thousand. Shit, they didn't do much to it at all. They didn't. They didn't do. They put up a gate. <laughs> Dead ass. Put a gate the gate up. The house was fine. Like mm-hmm. she, she was the type of person to keep her house maintained well. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably did, redid the floors in there. Mm-hmm. Sold it. Wow. So, well, solutions. Or no? I think as far as, like, to wrap up on this topic, because, again, like I said in the intro, this is one of those things where you can go on and on and on. And there's probably, like, we should do a gentrification part two episode where we kind of run down just facts on everything that's happening in the city. But, um... I think as far as solutions are concerned, this is definitely going to have to come from a systemic level. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to have to just be continual regulation into... Rental control. Rent rent control. Rent control is way up there. Yeah. Um, There needs to be more education 
around home ownership and for those who own their homes about, you know, like predatory, because um, I think there's a level of predatory kind of nature to this, of people seeking to purchase your homes from you. Yeah. Because, like, I remember um, Take Them Down NOLA had this one day where they went around taking down the We Buy Houses signs. And really? I, I just, I, I think I was busy that day, so I couldn't participate. I would like for them, but you know what? Honestly, yeah. you never know who's doing that. Who? The We Buy Houses. Yeah. You never know who's doing that. There was a good video on that of, like, how that, like, the, yeah, no, there is, when I say it's predatory, go, I'm going to send it to you. If I find it, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it to you. But those, mm-mm, take them signs down. So there needs to be more education to the folks who are, like, because they think, I think that there's, it's, it's probably a lot of racism in this as well, but they think, you've never seen this much money in your life. I'm going to go and slide you this, and you're going to be so fucking excited that you're going to take it, and I'm going to flip your house for twice or thrice its value. Yeah, so, like, there has to be more conversation. That's why I said, not voice for the voiceless. Talk to the people. Talk to I, them I am, and educate. I am a huge proponent for education. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, this is the kind of economy that we live in. Mm-hmm. And so you can't get around people making a buck. Capitalism is dangerous. Capitalism is is not for the working man. Capitalism and will capitalism is here to stay. Continue to tear us down. Moment. You know what I'm saying? And so it's good if, like we say, educate and get people knowledgeable about what they are stepping into as they make certain economic decisions financial decisions right um in terms of like you know rental rental caps like rent rental costs Mm -hmm. um one of the issues is i think rental costs will help with Mm -hmm. people who own individual houses and Mm -hmm. are renting to people but in terms of like these larger developments Mm -hmm. it's difficult to have like rental caps there mm-hmm. just because of the cost of development um one thing that people could hopefully stand up for is to make sure that there's more housing subsidies that mm-hmm. come from the government to mm-hmm. assist with development so that the costs are not offset by high high rents and i think the last note that we can leave off on because again we can keep going on and on but um last but not least raise the wages Thank you very much. Give people enough money to live. Do not go raising the rents and, um, you know, raising the cost of buying a home and all this kind of stuff. And you are not keeping pace with how much you're paying people. Exactly. Because we're talking about one rate, one bedrooms that cost at the lowest uh, $1,300, which was that apartment complex. And so someone who's making an average of $28,000 cannot afford that. Right. So we'll we'll keep talking about this, y'all. Um, but for now, let's just say that gentrification in New Orleans is a problem that needs to be continually addressed. And we'll leave it at that. So let's take a break real quick and we'll be right back. All right. What's happening on social media? Why are you looking at me like that? So you can, so you can say what's happening. I don't know what's happening on social media. I have not been really into it much. Oh, gosh. Do we want to start with, do we want to start low or do we want to start high? Um, gosh, what's low? You start. Kodak Black is low. Kodak Black will always be low. Kodak Black low has been arrested. under my foot low. And, I mean, 
after the the whole well first and foremost it's not even after the whole comments about lauren london or you know directed towards lauren london i can't i mean kodak black has is already been out here with rape charges and like just being absolutely disgusting um towards women about women and whatnot so i don't understand how i mean i i do understand how um comments about lauren london was was the breaking point because again um we uh, our community has to do better about how we value women point blank period mm-hmm. um i mean it, he should have been out before he got in but of course y- y'all always gonna question uh well did he really do it well you know she might have been out for money blah 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 and all this kind of stuff or whatever and then won't turn around and be like we love black women though huh. okay sure sis but anyway, yeah, no, Kodak Black is in jail, and um, I feel like he needs to stay there for a while. He he needs. I just to... don't like him, and I think something's mentally wrong with him. I think there may be an ID there. I mean, I don't know. I all I know, honestly, is that I'm really sad that we're still in a space in which, you know, like celebrities can get away with almost anything if they have a good enough beat if they got a good enough song if they can you know entertain you just a little bit that's all it takes for your undying loyalty and to if they do something off the wall you're gonna ride with them because they make you jig you know jig a little bit like it's just it's 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 really sad. I mean, cause like even right now, there's another uh, rapper who um, can't stay on a beat for the life of him. Um, yeah, you thought uh, what's his name was bad. What's his name? Blueface baby. Blueface is a baby. Is there a baby on the end? I don't know. He made the bust down Tatiana song, and he's kind of gross too. But um, uh, G Herbo is another one. Um, if you're not familiar, that's okay because he's definitely one of these new kids on the block rappers who makes, uh, subpar music over, um, quality beats. And that's a, can can I, another sidebar real quick to say that the music industry right now, the artists, the new artists that are coming out, there are very few and far in between where there's like some good artists who are going to have long lasting careers. And that's very not to few. say that there's that's a sad. certain type of rap or a certain type of R and B or singing that I'm no, I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about people who just are really talented. All these other folks or whatever like that, these industry plugs are being carried by these producers. Mm-hmm. If there weren't any mustard on the beats or um t- uh Tay Keith's or um what's the other one? Um who am I thinking of? There's so many of them. There's so many of them, but like they keep these artists fed. That's all I'm gonna say. Even if you wanna call them artists. If there was not a mastermind sitting in a, you know a dark studio banging away at a keyboard to to make these beats and to write these lyrics y'all there would half of y'all wouldn't even be here so shout out to the producers i'm shaking my fist at you silently for letting these people exist in the first place but i mean 
y'all y'all are y'all are the real breadwinners here but anyway g herbo then yeah if you have money you have a beat but g should just get money and get a beat have we talked about this you can talk to my brother he can make that we should just get money and get a beat yeah let's pay pay ryan pay black no artist let's just make let's just help him get him to train us to make music oh I'll tell you a story about how once upon a time I wanted to be a producer and I used to make beats. I don't want to produce anything. I just want to, like, sing or rap. We'll, we'll see what happens. We can do this. We can... We... Things can happen. All right. But, I uh, uh, G G Herbo, um... Um, he um, put his hands on his... The, the mother of his child... Mm. Ari is is her name. I think she goes by Kyle's sister on social media, and the, the reason being that her brother, her brother's name was Kyle, and I think that she has his a uh, very large portrait of him on her arm. And so, um, I think that this happened within the, the last few days or so. And so, um, again, as to be expected, there's been a lot of, well, what does she do to deserve it? Or how did she, you know, initiate it and all kinds of stuff. And it's really, again, just super disappointing. Like, I, I don't get it. Mm. I don't get it because in the same breath, people will be so pro-black woman mm-hmm. and and be just as quick to tear us down to you know derail our truths mm-hmm. it's is really disturbing and i mean there was they were talking about how at one well, well wasn't she just putting her hands on him the other day or something and i had to go back and i was like curious because i want to see the video but apparently uh they were at his their child's birthday party and they were play fighting and maybe looked more aggressive you know, but there was they were playing and like shoving cake in each other's face or something, and so people have been using that as a like, well, oh well, she put her hands on him, and I was like, well, I think context matters, and I mean, it if, 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 if they were playing around, if both of them were consent, like consensual we're, adults, we're, like we're playing play. or whatever, then that that does not green light him being able to hit her. Um, but again, I haven't seen that video. I'm going to go back and look, but I just I hate that people really just like they literally trip over themselves to find excuses to make some of these atrocities that happen to black women okay like the whole r kelly situation which r kelly overdrafted his account (laughs) but um he uh that like people are like rushing to blame parents and while yeah there has to be some accountability on the parents end um there's also still the predator in the room Mm -hmm. can we can we focus our attention back on the fact that this right here is is the issue is this the person who raped this woman is the person who beat this woman it's a, stop looking for every and everything else that could be the issue here or whatever and look at the person responsible and hold them accountable and give them consequences what is wrong with y'all mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah um uh, niggas niggin that's sad um what else is happening monica filed for divorce i think that's like maybe we're two weeks out from that 
That's sad. I thought that she was going to be with this guy for some time. I did too, but it seemed like uh, they'd had some cheating issues before. Mm. And they were, it was very public. And it's just like, damn, like to have invested all that time with somebody and, and just... I don't... <laughs> We had we had a cheating episode. We had a we've talked about love and relationships on more times than we can count. Um, several times. Several times. But I I think there's always going to be room for questions about like some of these niggas like their their behavior yeah. and how how you how you could be grown in that big old age, however old he is, and still still. <laughs> Being stupid. Yeah. You have a beautiful woman at home. Ain't no pussy in the world that could be that tempting, huh? Y'all got more control over yourselves than that, right? Like, this is the thing that, like, really blows my mind sometimes. Is that, um, we don't have to reduce men to, like, basically being just lack of self-control kind of like just basically like animals they do it themselves they they say it themselves that like like there was this one video of this dude who um was talking about can women can can men have opposite friends of the opposite sex if they're married and he was like well no because i'm not gonna put myself in that position to have temptation or whatever like that why would i set myself up i'm like nigga are you five like do if i put marshmallows in front of you can you not resist to not eat the marshmallow like that? Remember that, exper- that right. experiment? I forgot. Oh, I'm I'm so sad. Shame on me as a psychology student to not remember the name of that experiment. That very real experiment that talks about like um, delayed gratification. But- I will know the names, the exact names of experiments, theories, and theorists as soon as I start studying for the E Triple P. But um, but yeah, no, I was just like. Yo, are you telling me that you don't have enough wherewithal to know that, hey, I can't sleep with you? Or, if it is somebody that's so tempting, remove yourself from the situation. You literally can't have any women friends because Right, like, you... that, that doesn't work. Like, you've never had a friend who you just were not even attracted to, or you've right. never had a friend who, after you all even if you were romantically involved before you've never had a friend who you were romantically involved with before and then you know once that was done you weren't like attracted to them in the same way and you got have set clear boundaries and in your mind those boundaries are set and there's no like reversing them and you're not able to not put yourself in a situation where you could somehow be tempted the only kind of situation i can think of is where you two would be alone alone in the middle of the night and you've been drinking and under the influence like what like what i don't understand what the problem is again i think that a lot of women give men a lot of credit but the credit that we give them they they take away that credit they they tell on themselves they say that i can't do this or i'm incapable or i'm not as mature and all like we trying to tell you that yes you are more than capable of being a fucking adult but <laughs> some of them will just be like well no man i can't like it's just well you know what what in the ahead, nigga I logic go, i will go ahead and take his word for it if he feels if he if he himself cannot control himself i would wish that he would not don't marry anybody. project that do not no you can you can get married 
Mm-mm. You can get married if you know that you can you can't have women friends and you choose not to have women friends because you you know you can't control yourself. Fine, but do not then project that on to the woman. Like, well, if I can't have women friends and you can't have male, well, friends. he wasn't even saying that they couldn't that she couldn't have men friends. He was just saying that men can't have women friends. Then he needs to speak for himself. He 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 can't to, have he, he you, can't have women friends. You, you sir. cannot control yourself. You don't have impulse control. You light eyed demon. <laughs> oh, you said a lot. <laughs> no, I have nothing against light eyes at all. But no, that that he just looked like so he was so serious. But anyway, yeah, back to Monica though. More power to her for getting out. Getting divorced from ex NBA baller Shannon Brown. And I mean, and they have a child that they have left. But my Mayla's thing, my so thing cute. is, it, although you you might feel like oh my god you know you get into this relationship and spend all this time with this person and then you wind up down the road of divorce i think that you know relationships are lessons as well and sure you know I, i'm they have a baby from it so there's love that came from that situation of course and um you know we wish her the best oh yeah i mean that's all you can well. do if whatever you know he needs that would keep him from cheating he'd do that and all right and you know what i mean i had this musing earlier today and this is like my i'll leave that topic at that i was musing earlier today i said well why um how do men still have that energy to play games and to waste people's time Mm -hmm. and i thought about it and i was like well for every woman who won't stand for their bullshit, there will always be one that will. There will always be a willing accomplice to cheat with. There will always be um, somebody, if you put your foot down and you're not going to accept this, that, and the third, there will always be somebody who is more than willing to look the other way and with certain behavior. we're talking about somebody who played ball. Right. This man has access right. and to s- women. Like plenty and plenty. And so it's just kind of like, like, oh, he's with Monica? Oh, that's even more like tantalizing or whatever. Right. Like some women are just itching at the opportunity to disrespect another I woman's want, space, which and, makes and me and sad. And not only that, they're like, I want to be there because this, apparently they're not working out. I want to be there when they break up. That... What a what a trash ass position to be in. Why do you want to be that girl? You should never want to be that girl, but there's plenty of women who want to be that girl and so Some women don't think that they can have better. Like they don't think that, you know, they'll ever come across another who's as I don't know, that has all like, to do with wealth. If you had but... the to trashest experience, the the last woman's you know, the thing that she experienced like so if you've been through like absolute hell Another woman's hell can look like heaven to you because you've been through the worst and this nigga has got to be better than what I just went through. Right. So you will, you will take that nigga's bullshit or whatever over the worst stuff that you've been through and guys just continue to have access to to women who will there will always be that one. There will always be that one. And that really yeah. breaks my heart it's because so it breaks just- my heart for men as well as women. Some we can't get better. Just want to be like, uh, I'm just talking to sh- so and so. Is he fine? He is uh, on a scale from zero to ten. I would rate him a solid five point seven. Why? I think that he has height and he probably has a nice body. Something about his face Strikes makes me weary. Off, huh? <laughs> I'm weary when I look at his face. 
I mean, I grow weary and well doing. I mean, a lot, of, <laughs> what I'm saying, like, a lot of women would be like, you know, big tall, fine Shannon Brown. I'm talking to Shannon Brown. Mm-mm. No, there's nothing. There's nothing there in that mug that tells me yes. Drop them panties. I want to pull my panties up tighter when I look at his face. I want to put on um all of my clothes when I look at I his face. I want to put on all of my clothes. But but and that's not to say you know because it's uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and Monica that to Monica he was a ten out of ten and that's all that mattered and it makes me sad that he disrespected their union and that he could not hold true to his vows and whatever other reasons that um, led to them the demise of their relationship. But I hope for the sake of their daughter that they can maintain a mutual respect for each other and carry on their lives in the most productive and healthy way possible. Hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, again, um, but back to my musings on Snap, I was just thinking that, you know, like for every, imagine if we had a universal standard of holding men accountable and that they, like, a man couldn't even step to you and even think that he can run that type of game on you. They wouldn't have the room. Like, imagine the shift in behavior. <laughs> if, if, if... It would if, be impeccable. Oh, my gosh. Everybody would have to shape up and act right. Everybody. There was, there was one time <laughs> where men were, like... Was there? Was there. I, I, in mid-sentence, I looked deep. Girl, I said, because you know one thing the, that people like to do? We like to... Front of, and we were like, wow. Uh uh-uh, uh, cause we like we sure like to romanticize the past and think about what men but used to be. There was a women's suffrage for a reason. All right, okay, niggas been acting up. <laughs> I want y'all to do better. That's all, please. You got some quality grade A women across the spectrum, across socioeconomic status, across shapes, across colors. I mean, some beautiful, intelligent, like wonderful people. Do right by us. Love us like y'all say y'all do. Let your words be also followed by action. Mm -hmm. Respect black women. Love black women. Cherish black women. And black women who do dirty by other black women, you do better too. You do better too. Hold hold your sister accountable if she's doing something grimy. Because Mm -hmm. that ain't it. But anyway, what else is going on in the socials? In the social medias. Speaking of women and accountability. Oh. Kim Kardashian West is studying to become a lawyer. I have so many mixed feelings about this. She studied to take the bar in 2020. She's actually um, started an apprenticeship with a firm for four years. Before Wait, she's she... studying to take the bar in 2020 or the LSAT? She's starting. She's studying to take the bar in 2022. Wait. In California. Okay, yeah, help you me. You can take the bar mm-hmm. and become a lawyer mm-hmm. without going through law school. That's fascinating because... Fascinating. Why wouldn't you want to be... Because, all right, so here's my thing. And this is... This is really... I mean, why wouldn't you want to go through law school? Why wouldn't you want the training and preparation to become a lawyer? Why would you skip that process? Not that she's the only one who's who's doing it or done it or has done it, but how could, how is that even a thing when some states require, of course, that you have gone through law school in order to become a lawyer? Right. Well, the the situation is that okay. So let's just use Kim Kardashian's situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the the amount of time and the consistency that you would need to complete law school. 
Sure. You would need to be in all of your classes. Mm-hmm. This is some full-time shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Becomes you would, your life. Yeah, it, it will completely consume her life, and that would obviously mean that she wouldn't be able to bring in the amount of money that she normally brings in with her businesses. I'm sure she would because she has the money to have other people run her businesses and most of the time all she needs to do is pop in and take a selfie to make a couple but what it hundred thousand we're talking about the Kim Kardashian that flies out to do photo shoots and then flies back or that you know it's here and there. We're also talking about I I, I don't know. All right, you you look like you don't get that you don't buy it. I mean, but I can see it. I can see me me, the person that I want to become, the person that I will be in about four to five years. I can see me not having time to go to school. Sure, and I mean, given whatever her schedule would be, and then she's also a mother, three kids. I'm sure she is ridiculously busy. But I mean, think of all the people who are just as busy who have to make it who go through law school who make it through law school so i mean she can't be that much more busy than the average joe who also working two jobs to make it through law school i -hmm. mean has have have you ever worked in the service industry yeah that shit is probably the the busiest life like if you have to work in the service industry to survive that's that thing can consume you that so i mean i just so i have all right so, From the woman perspective, mm-hmm. more power to her in pursuing a career that interests her. I think the thing that has put a bad taste in people's mouth is that um, it's just like, oh, so you're just going to up and become a lawyer. Like something that is like a, a meaningful career that a lot of people go into because it like they believe, yeah, right, well. like they believe in that believe in practicing law they believe in upholding justice like this is and it almost for some people probably feels like she's doing this as a pastime whereas there have been people who have been busting ass for years to be able to become a lawyer and a good lawyer at that and i would just go out i would just go so far to say and play devil's advocate as Mm -hmm. being a lawyer is not something you just take up as a hobby right and it's it's not so so for her like just on on her defense i doubt that she would really like she's talking about that she's taking up mm-hmm. taking up a four year apprenticeship with a law firm, right? And like is studying in the same kind of fashion that law, other law students would study. Like they, she's studying for mm-hmm. torts and these sorts of things to be prepared for the bar with actual attorneys. So I don't. My thing is like I'm not saying that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that the taste in people's mouth comes from who's doing that. Kim right. Kardashian, right? And Kim Kardashian and just, has a history of being ridiculously vapid, right? And it, and it obviously would seem like just another, another opportunity to have some sort of publicity in the future. And I mean, the the, the thing about it too is like this is the same woman who was like weeping over losing an earring or something like her sister had to be like kim there are people in other countries dying (laughs) that that's the only funny thing that i've ever heard a kardashian say but um (laughs) but she i saw some uh, her sister courtney just turned 40 and had the was it courtney what's the one that's in between courtney in between wait is court isn't courtney wait that's not her name karen no, who's the oldest one? Goodbye. No, I know it's not Karen, but isn't Courtney? Courtney no. is the oldest. Then who, who's the middle one? Kim. Chloe. Oh. Chloe's the youngest. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. I forgot the, the name. I thought... 
Chloe's the youngest. I thought the one who was getting treated, cheated on by Tristan was Courtney for a second. But that, that was just, I had a lapse. It is, Chloe's not 40. No, Chloe is 40. No, Courtney. Courtney is 40. That one. Whatever. Right. But anyway, um, they, um, I think that being a lawyer to a lot of people is a very selfless career. And you have to put in ridiculous amount of like ridiculous amounts of hours and work and just it can be all consuming. And so mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people thinking about Kim Kardashian becoming a lawyer, it's like first and foremost, can can you even care enough to do like I mean, I I'll even talk about when she helped um and God forgive me for forgetting her name, but when she was advocating for that woman to get out of prison because when she had petitioned during the um Obama administration for early for a release, um she it was not granted to her. Yeah, she she actually um talked about um having President Trump um We don't call him President Trump. Who's that? All right. I don't know him. Having him commute the life sentence of Alice Marie Johnson was yes. which was one of her inspirations to go forward. Yes, with you know taking the bar and becoming a lawyer, a lawyer, mm-hmm. because she found a lot of inspiration in doing that kind of work and working for others. And I mean, I was I we had this on one of the episodes where I was talking about that, and I said, you know, like a justice reform and um, prison reform is not a fly-by-night pastime it's not something that oh i'm you know i want to feel good about myself or feel like yeah i'm doing something and now all of a sudden you're a prison reform advocate like it's a lot more to it and if you're not acknowledging the people who've been doing that work like for decades and decades like then Mm -hmm. then you are you 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 basically shitting on like years and years of work and effort and promise and stuff like that just so you can get a a leg up or you know get a little glory and so like I remember going in on her about that in that episode and I hope I hope honestly that if she's going into law Mm -hmm. that she is fully aware and i mean not even just law but if she calls herself a prison reform advocate Mm -hmm. and a justice reform advocate that she not only you know uses her privilege for good but she also um takes the time to acknowledge those who have been doing the work before her okay so she has she has a lot of work within herself to do and i hope that that's what's being done because she the the thing that she she which makes me wary of all of this is that she um she definitely um said in one of her posts that um what did she say she oh she said that she's been hearing a lot of people saying that her privilege got her here her privilege and her money has got her here and of course, she, her privilege and her money. But she said that was not the case. Her privilege and her money got her where? To where she is now, that she hasn't. And it's like no that, one's. Wait, to where? To what she's doing now. That her privilege and her money did not get her here, but rather her hard work. And it's like, sis, oh. honey bunches, 
Nobody's necessarily saying that you're not working hard, but what we're saying is that your privilege of being able to take the time to do this, to have access to the mentors and the Van Joneses of the world who can give you that kind of mentorship and guide you and lead you in this process, who can help you study. Your privilege afforded you the opportunity to probably get into some of the top law firms to do an apprenticeship. Sis, how can you, again, like I'm telling you, people's frustration with her is... I have yet to see an instance where it has not been justified because of some stupid shit she said. And that's why I'm just like, if she's going to do this, she better be all in. All in. Well, I mean, in 2022, we'll see, A, if she passes the bar. So that's always the first first thing. And then, B, what kind of law she decides to take up and Mm -hmm. what she plans to do. Because one of the things she hopes is that she uses her platform um for for good she's hoping that um she's well aware that mm-hmm. she has a platform and and we've talked about other celebrities using their platform for the greater good of mm-hmm. justice and whatnot and this is one celebrity who's actually making steps towards doing it and so for me it's like all right kudos to you let's see what happens you know what i'm saying uh, um, and i also think that and this is might be a little um I don't know how... All right, I'm going to say this. I think that she also is acknowledging her age as well and thinking of what are the long-term options that I have because her 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 market is her body. Exactly. Her exactly. whole thing is her look, her body, and, and she can't keep on working on that face. Right. There's only so much time left before that no longer is her thing anymore. So right. she needs something meaningful in her life and so i mean by all means go forth and and be great i'm not a kim kardashian fan i'm not a kardashian fan period because they annoy the shit out of me right however if she really wants this then go after it but go after it the right way acknowledge your privilege acknowledge your privilege sis if you don't acknowledge your privilege i don't know what kind of lawyer you're gonna be in this particular situation or whatever, I just, I don't know. Who are you going to represent? We'll see. We shall we, see. We will, we will come to find out. We shall see. Um, I think that also you can't just slide or glide past the fact that her father was a lawyer. Right. And, and he's so probably there, there's, there's probably definitely some, some genuine interest there. Mm-hmm. Um, she did, however young she was work in his firm in whatever capacity that that was Mm -hmm. and so i think that you know there's interest there and she's actually putting forth effort she's not just i'm studying on my own and i'm gonna take the bar it's not going like that you know she's actually trying to get the experience under her belt before you know she actually takes it of course she's not going the honorary route as other people would like her to you know as other people are going you know paying um, a significant amount of money and getting into a significant amount of debt going through law school but um she is taking some serious steps to pursue becoming a lawyer and just so that we have the information there's it's not just um it's not just california that you don't have to study for the bar to become a lawyer you can also do that i think in vermont you can do that in washington 
um, as well as some other states. Or in some states, you like, for example, New York, you can go to law school just for a couple of years, not even complete it, and still study to take the bar. Well, more power to her. I guess more power to her. I mean, if if her heart's in the right place, then who am I to say that she shouldn't do it? Um, but is there any other news? I, I don't have anything for you. I don't have anything else either. Not today. But um, Not I would today. like to shout out my uh, brother who is in a competition now to be able to perform at Essence Festival. Cool. And um, I'll leave the link in the description box to vote for his band, Raw Revolution. Um, support support NOLA artists. Yeah, I saw Revo- Raw Revolution myself at the House of Blues um, as a live band. They're excellent, excellent. And I'm one of those people who don't like to see people in concert because I think it's trash. Um, oh, what? But I don't. Yeah, like if you were to ask me to go see like Rihanna in concert, I'd be like, hell no. Oh, I, would, but, I don't you want know, to see her in concert. The New Orleans either. scene is very different in that we have some native born musicians whose people are have been musicians for generations, who have been influenced by the best musicians, and Raw Revolution is excellent in concert. And so if they happen to be a jazz fest, which I'm going to vote for them, I would suggest that all come and see because they're awesome. Yes. Um, actually, my folks will be at Jazz Fest, but I'm not going to say their name um, because then that would reveal my identity. And I don't want y'all looking up my name. But <laughs> my family will be at Jazz Fest. Y'all see them. Y'all be out there. The likes of the Marcellus. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But, um, so why don't we go ahead and wrap up because... Bree has to pee. And I have to work on my dissertation. We've been I joking. <laughs> We've been joking, y'all. Be good.